It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 2nd, 2021. My name is Philip Ross, Mike, and the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You must follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about the NBA draft. Uh, we completed last week, or it was released earlier this week, the first Locked On mock draft. We went through the lottery. I have two picks, obviously. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my thought process on those picks, how the draft shakes out, what we learn, what we can learn from that uh, scenario and from that situation, get a review of how I did. Uh, I did well, I think. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, and uh, some of the, I guess, mental quandaries that, of course, are present in that. We'll also talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs, of course, as they continue on as well. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching Gravity Download Podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here coming to Lando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on, say, the Portland Trail Blazers or Denver Nuggets or whoever? You can check out Locked On Blazers, Locked On Nuggets, or any team you want in the NBA. Plus, there's great NFL, MLB, NHL, and college podcasts, too. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. So stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. You know, I, I, like I've said, I, I, we're going to get into the draft. Don't worry. I still have some postseason stuff I want to get to. I still have, you know, obviously, obviously still watching the playoffs and trying to kind of learn lessons as we try to pitch this team forward. But so much about what this team is and what this team is going to be is going to get determined in 20 days on June 22nd. Um, I, 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 I am, I'm a little hesitant to dive too deeply into the draft until around the draft combine, and we will. Don't worry. We'll, we'll talk draft. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm a little hesitant to dive too deeply into it because a lot of things change depending on where the Magic pick. If the Magic are picking first, a the, the, the analysis is pretty simple and easy, um, but then we can begin to say, okay, well, this is what what's going to happen next. This is this is this is what we're going to be building upon, and this is the centerpiece figure for the team. Right now, we don't know. The Magic could pick fifth. They could pick first. They could pick sixth. They could pick anywhere. It feels like. And so I I, I do like what we did on the Locked On Podcast Network. Um, if you haven't done so, follow Locked On NBA Pods on Twitter. Um, they posted our first mock draft of the off season. Um, all the Locked On hosts who are out of the playoffs or in the lottery got together. We held a fake lottery and then held a mock draft. Um, and, you know, we did a mock draft on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We talked a little bit about that last week. Doing the mock drafts, I think, uh, like with multiple people, with different thought processes involved, I think is a lot more productive and a lot better of a way 
to analyze and, and figure out what's going to happen on draft night. Um, I think that this is the best way to get a, a clearer sense of what the process is going to look and feel like. Um, because, you know, you have different interests. You have people making surprise picks. You have people who value different things. Like, I can sit down and do a mock draft myself and act as every team, but my thought process is always the same. What I think a team should do, uh, how I would break down a roster, it's going to be the same. It's coming from the same perspective. And so these ideas are really, really good. Um, you know, we did. I, I was on the I was on the the Ozone podcast uh, last week as well. We did a fake mock draft, and 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 we we hit what was a really interesting scenario, in my opinion, because to me, as I've thought about things, probably the worst spot the Magic can get is the fifth pick in the draft. Um, I, I I am personally I am I, I'd rather be sixth and not have to worry about some things, but uh, the fifth pick in the draft to me is a really tough spot for Orlando. Because the Magic have, you know, there are five legitimately good players in this draft. Um, five players that I think have separated themselves from everyone else. Um, I think there are four that are clearly better or clearly better fits for the Magic than one. And so landing fifth would mean you have to take the most talented player. You have to take the best player, but... I'd still be concerned about the overall fit and how that fits into what the Magic are doing as a larger project. Uh, on the Ozone podcast, we did a, a mock draft where the Magic landed fifth, and there was a little window where I was like, you know what? There's this little window where the Magic could actually get the player that they want at five. Um, I, I think that if Cleveland ends up picking ahead of Orlando, the Magic would, would probably get Jalen Suggs at five. And I think that would be a really good pick. But as things turned out in our mock draft, Cleveland was not ahead of Orlando because, again, I don't think Cleveland... Maybe maybe Cleveland would take Jalen Suggs and move on from Sexton or Garland. I, I doubt it, personally. But um, but the scenario that was presented to me in the locked-on mock draft, the Magic picked fifth, and I was kind of stuck. No, I wouldn't say stuck, but I was... My hand was forced a little bit to say, I got to take the best player available. When you're drafting that high, and my philosophy usually in the draft is take the best player available regardless, but especially when you're drafting this high, you don't deviate from your tiers. Even if the player that's available to you that's in your top tier doesn't quite fit the roster perfectly, talent always wins. Talent should always win. If you're going to take a swing, do it in the draft. Don't do it in free agency. That costs money. The draft is just opportunity cost. You know, your fifth pick doesn't go right. Well, that's that's really just seven, eight, nine million dollars. That's nothing in the grand scheme of things. Now, it's certainly, it's an opportunity cost for sure. But if if it goes wrong, you'll be back in the draft anyway with another opportunity to take a high high level talented player. Take your swing now. And so, with the fifth pick in this mock draft, I took Jonathan Kuminga. Uh, I think that he is clearly one of the five best guys in this draft. If I'm drafting fifth and he is available, I take him, and I really don't think twice about it. Um, you know, I, I will admit. I had some thoughts. I was like, you know, t- to me, Kuminga, his shot really concerns me. He's really good at getting in the basket. He's really good off the dribble. He's a- already got an NBA-ready body and a solid defender. But I do worry, A, is he going to be better than Jonathan Isaac? I, I-, I am not sold on that, um, depending on Jonathan Isaac's health. And the next question is, is he going to be better than Chuma Okiki? And that question, I think, is a fairer question to ask. But you look at the alternatives, and I did look at the alternatives, I had Scotty Barnes next on my board. 
And I was like, I can't justify taking Barnes over Kuminga. If Barnes were a better shooter, I might be able to, to, to do that. But their shooting's a wash, and I think Kuminga's the better player. So taking Jonathan Kuminga, to me, at five, is still a good pick. Do not get me wrong. Still a very good pick. And a pick that I would be really excited about. But, there are definitely questions. There are definitely questions about how the roster comes together and probably means the Magic's rebuild is going to take a little bit longer. But like I said, at five, take the best player available. Don't think twice about it. And that to me was Jonathan Kuminga. With my second pick, with the ninth pick in the draft, we got to a little bit of a, a question. Um, you know, someone, uh, I posted my picks on Twitter and got into a little bit of an argument and I want to dive a little bit deeper into that discussion coming coming up here, but I want to make sure we play this video, this audio first. Um, with the ninth pick in the draft, I took Moses Moody. And I had a lot of options on the table. I think James Book Knight was still on the table, someone that I really looked, that really thought about and looked at. Um, you know, uh, I, I definitely thought about Josh Giddy. I definitely thought about Corey Kispert. Um, but ultimately, I went with Moses Moody because I think Moody's ceiling is just higher than than anyone else's on the on the on the team or on, uh, that's available. Um, again, in the draft, take a swing, take the best player on your board. You can figure out the fit later. If he's good enough, he'll fit. Don't worry about it. But Moody gives the Magic something they really lack. They need shooting, and Moses Moody, at least according to all the draft experts, is projecting out to be a great 3 and D player. He's got a pl- positive wingspan, which I know we all love. I think he's, what, 6'7 with a 7'2 wingspan. Um, he, he is a really, he's really, he can score off the dribble. Like, he does, he does remind me a little bit of, like, uh, he's not as big as OG Ananobi, but he's that kind of player where, you know, you can foresee him being a spot-up guy, but also a guy that if you need him to or on occasion can take over games and can score a lot of points. Um, I think putting him, I think he showed at Arkansas that he can't be, uh, especially in the NCAA tournament when defense is really focused on on kind of squeezing him. Um, he showed that he's probably not going to be a number one option, but you put him in an ecosystem where there are other guys who can create a little bit get him open shots, or he's not relied as the primary scorer, I think he showed that he can be a really good scorer and a really gifted scorer. And obviously, the Magic need offense. That's kind of where everything starts for this team. And Kuminga is not an offensive pick. Moses Moody absolutely would. I am really, really high on Moses Moody. I really liked what I saw from him. Even in the NCAA tournament games I was watching, um, there were things that I liked about him in the way that he played, um, even though I think he really struggled in the tournament, even though he really struggled in the tournament. Um, but... Overall, I think Moody was really, really good. Um, Kuminga and Moody to me would be a very good draft. Um, if that's how the Magic and and if that's how the Magic turn out, I think that would be a really, really good good haul. But let's hear from some of our draft experts on the Locked On Podcast Network. We we'll hear from uh, a couple of hosts from Locked On NBA Draft. What up? It's Rafael with NBA Draft Junkies. I'm gonna give you my reaction or analysis to the Locked On Mock Lottery. At number five, it is the Orlando Magic, Jonathan Kuminga. I think this pick also makes sense because Orlando has a lot of guards between Fultz, you got RJ Hampton, you got Cole Anthony, and then they still have Wendell Carter, Mo Bamba, you still have Jonathan Isaac. So I think Kuminga makes the most sense there. At number nine, it's the Orlando Magic again, and they select Moses Moody, so they have another wing. I think no matter which way or which direction Orlando goes in, there's gonna be a lot of guys with overlapping skill sets, but in this case, with Kaminga and Moody, you added two wings, you added shooting, and you added defensive upside. And, and I mean, I guess they would just have to compete for the starting three spot because I think Jonathan Isaac is there for the future. But, again, I can't get mad 
with the pick. I think it makes a lot of sense there. Hey, this is Richard Stamen, one of the hosts of the Locked On NBA Draft Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm going to break down a couple of these picks from this mock draft. I'm going to start with the Orlando Magic and their two picks. I really like the Jonathan Kaminga pick at five. I currently have him number four on my board. Really like his ability to get to the basket, as Phil said. You know, you take best talent available. Don't really worry about the fit. And even then, I do think he does fill some needs in Orlando, being a slasher and creating his own shot. And I do eventually buy the jump shot coming along. And then, you know, even though he doesn't have that right now, they kind of countered that with at number nine with Moses Moody and his ability to shoot, defend. You add two defensive wings, uh, potentially forwards to that mix. You know, seven-one wingspan for Moody. So there's a lot to like with that as a three and D mold. Really get some core pieces to counter an already strong core in Orlando. Reminder, this is just a mock draft, and so while it's nice to hear that, that other people think that I did a good job with the draft, it's, it's obviously just a, a scenario. We're running through a scenario where we're running through what, how things might maybe play out. Uh, I, I'm high on Moses Moody. I really like him, as I said. Uh, I, I think getting him uh, at that ninth pick or that second pick would be a huge win, but ultimately what the Magic need from this draft is that top guy. And, and while I think I did the best I could at the fifth pick with Jonathan Kuminga, um, I, I am not as sold on the fit. Um, I think it was noticeable in both those that the, neither of them mentioned Chuma Okiki, who I think the Magic have very high hopes for. Um, I, I do think that the Magic do need to go guard. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think the Magic are completely sold on all their guards. Obviously, they do have a lot of them. No, no doubt about it. They need to consolidate some positions. And I think next year is going to be a little rough with how many young players there's going to be. Magic do need to kind of sort through some things. And yeah, I mean, even Evan Mobley's on the, bo- on the board too here. Uh, I, but I do think that the Magic would benefit most, obviously, from getting into that top four and ensuring them, I think, one of those four really top, top guys. Guys that I think that are really all destined for, for stardom, in my opinion. Um, but... That ninth pick, that second pick, is what's going to engender the most debate about what and where the Magic should focus on. Um, I got into a little bit of a debate about it uh, when I mentioned that I, I want that I took Moody with Kispert on the board. Um, and so I think it's worth discussing in a little bit more detail what thought process should go into that second pick. The first pick's obvious. Take the best player available. But that second pick is a little bit more nuanced. So we'll get into that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time to name our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Obviously, the Magic are not playing right now. Um, so we're going to give this award to another group, another group here in town that deserves some recognition. If you aren't paying attention, which you should, the Orlando Pride are winning again. Maybe again, maybe for the first time, I don't know. But after really two, maybe three seasons of just being Abjectly terrible and disappointing considering they have two of the very, very best players who ever play women's soccer in Martha and Alex Morgan. The Orlando Pride have put a lot of things together. Unbeaten in their first four matches on a three-match winning streak for the first time since 2018. The Orlando Pride are turning heads. Like, literally, turning heads. Um, they came out with a with a huge 1-0 victory over Kansas City on Sunday. A really kind of ugly game, a game that everyone after the game really said was really more symbolic of of who the team can be and how they can grind and still get wins. And scoring, getting three wins in nine days in soccer is not easy, especially when two of them come against the very best uh, franchises in the NWSL and the North Carolina Courage and the Portland Thorns. The Pride will be back in action Sunday at the Washington Spirit. You can catch their game 
Uh, I believe it's at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday uh, on Paramount+. Plus. But the Orlando Pride deserve your attention. And the next time they're at Exploria Stadium, give them a chance. Go watch. It's a lot It's a lot of fun, and they are playing some great basketball. So to this, we salute the Orlando Pride, our Michelob Ultra Players of the Week. Remember, it's only worth it if you enjoy it with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success with Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Let's press this point a little bit further about the strategy with the ninth pick, or the, sec- the second lottery pick that the Magic will likely have, the second pick in the top 10. Um, I-, I think I've made my draft strategy fairly clear that I think that the best path forward for the Magic, the best way for the Magic to mo- to, to kind of use these two picks is to just get talent in the building. Um, you know, I-, I-, I think we're looking at a team that is essentially starting from scratch, starting from the beginning, uh, and a team that just needs to build up its talent base again. This is not a group that should be looking for a specific skill, although I think you know certainly they should have some eye on the team they ultimately want to become. This is a group that should be just trying to get the best players they can. They have young, young enough guys that they can move them around to get the specialty players. And, and I think really free agency is where you specialize, where you, you, you pay someone for a specific skill. Right now, the Magic need to find a centerpiece guy. Like I've said time and time again, Jonathan Isaac is the only player on the roster with an elite skill. That is the bat, That is one of the best players in the league at something that he does. Again, that's not nothing. That's, that's, that, that is something. But the Magic obviously need a little bit, need, need more of those guys or need to find a guy that, that, that really embodies who this team can be. Now, granted... That, that, that first pick is going to be probably be the guy that fills that. So what do you do with the second pick? And this gets back to that age-old debate of best fit or need. Um, you know, I, I've been listening to some draft podcasts. Um, you know, Sam Vecini of The Athletic does a really good job on this. Um, really the way that NBA people look at the draft, um, and I think Jeff Waltman has hinted that this is part of the process the Magic are, are nearing completion or have completed, um, is they group players by tiers. Um, you know, I think I think I was listening to a podcast, an old podcast with with uh, uh, um, Chad Ford, who used to work for ESPN, did some work for the Lockdown Podcast Network as well. And he said, you know, his discussion, the way that he looks at the draft, is he groups players by tier. Tier one is clear cut Hall of Fame All Star type players. Tier two are guys who have All Star potential. Tier three are starter level, you know, and so on and so on and so on. I imagine that NBA front offices also group players in this way. They look at a player holistically and say, talent-wise, where is this player going to be or what do we think this player can become? And group players and then figure out how to sort players within that tier. Essentially, the way I would look at it is within tiers, 
is where skill begins to take over. Positional fit begins to take over. Once you establish where guys cut across talent-wise, then you start separating players out by how will they fit into this roster? What skills do they bring to the table? Stuff like that. And again, that can be a separator later on. No doubt there's that top five like I mentioned. But there's a pretty meaty portion right after that group. You know, Scotty Barnes, Moses Moody, Keon Johnson, Jalen Johnson, Josh Giddey. Um, Josh Giddey is probably entering that group, or I think there's some discussion that he could enter that group now that his season's over. But you, you get you get the idea. Corey Kispert, you know, all those guys um, are in that group. And so the question then is, how do you sort through those guys? And so we got into a little bit of a debate about the Moses Moody pick that I made. Um, you know, there was a crowd that said, go for a guy like Corey Kispert. Best shooter in the draft, in my opinion. Guy who I think could very easily come in and contribute immediately to any team. As a shooter, as a, as a scorer, as someone that's going to space the floor for you. He's got good NBA size. I, I, do th- I do wonder if he can handle NBA defenses, but at the very least, he is a sharpshooter who you know is going to be a solid three-point shooter in this league. And I think there's something to that. Go get the sure thing. But for me, you know, and I said I didn't dispute any of that argument, but for me, Kispert's ceiling is low. If you get Corey Kispert, you're only getting that shooter. And, and, and I feel the Magic are at a position where they need to take a swing. Go get talent. And that's why I picked Moses Moody over Corey Kispert. That's why I have Moses Moody ahead of Kispert on my board. Because Moody, I think, can be a solid shooter. Can, you know, he's not as good of a shooter as Kispert is right now, but that'll develop over time. But what I think Moody brings you is a little bit higher of an upside. I think at the end of the day, talent still has to win. I think at the end of the day, you still need to find guys who can be more than what they are today. Kispert at 23 years old is not all he's going to be. I think he can still get a lot better, but... Can you envision him in a role besides as a spot-up shooter? As a shooter on the... Uh, maybe a shooter that, that goes off cuts. I don't really see him necessarily as a guy who can work off cuts. I see him as a spot-up shooter mostly. To me, Moody gives you a little bit more. Moody can attack off the dribble. Moody can get into the lane and score for himself, create some space. And while you don't want to rely on him to do that as his primary role, that plus a positive wingspan and defensive potential nudges him way ahead in my book. I'm probably higher on Moody than a lot of other people. Um, I think on my original big board, I had him seventh. I probably still keep him at seven or eight right now. Um, I'm going to do another big board probably next probably next week. Um, there's a lot that I like about that kid, and about a lot about what I think he can become, and especially what I think he can become when he isn't relied on as the primary scorer. Situation obviously matters for a lot of these players. So I'm not going to deny that. And so, you know, you can get a guy that's really, really talented, but if he's in the wrong situation with the wrong group, it it it, it may not matter in the end. But overall, you know, I think that the Magic find themselves in a good position. With that second pick, they're going to get a player. They're going to get someone who can contribute, who can grow, and who can develop into a really good player and someone that honestly can still complement who they draft at the top of the draft. As some might mention, it might also be a tool to trade up. I, I, I am not seeing that in this draft, but with how young this team is, I won't put it out of the realm of possibility that the Magic do everything in their power to make sure that they get into that top four. Because like I said as well, 
My other philosophy in the draft is, if there's a player you really like, go get him. Period. Go get him. That's really the truth, too. But we'll see what happens, of course, as as the Magic prepare for the draft. We'll talk a little bit about last night in the NBA playoffs coming up here in just a moment. But first, Bilt Bar is back and better than ever. Did you know that it comes in nine delicious flavors, including some limited-time flavors like one I just got in the mail that, that looks really, really good. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Um, but there's something for everyone when it comes to Built Bar. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're not kind of the typical protein bar. You know, you look at those protein bars in the, in the supermarket, you know, they, 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 they don't taste quite right, and you look at the packaging, they're like 300 calories. I had a friend who bought one of those protein cookies. You know, yes, it looks great, a protein cookie. It's a healthy snack. You flip it over, it's 150 calories, but the cookie is two servings. It's 300 calories. That's pretty much a meal at that point. Well, these protein bars are not like that. Built Bar comes in, uh, like I said, nine amazing flavors, but most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, but only 130 calories, plus or four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs. Some are a little bit more, but just 800, 180 calories. This isn't some meal replacement bar. This is a true supplement bar to get you through your day, get you through your workout, get you through whatever you have to deal with over the course of the day, or just to get a good, good healthy snack. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's podcast also brought to you by our pals at BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Today, on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Well, the Boston Celtics are out, and they're going through a lot of changes. As reported earlier today, uh, Danny Ainge is stepping down as the general manager and president of basketball of operations for the Boston Celtics. Brad Stevens will be stepping in that role, and the Celtics will be looking for a new coach as well. Um, the Celtics just, man, that, that that team had a rough season. We're going to talk more about the Celtics and their elimination, but the Nets just, uh, again, just brilliant. Um, you just you just can't win with just one player, and unfortunately Jason Tatum was really the only guy that was really able to do anything. Um, without Jalen Brown out there, you know, they were relying on Evan Fournier in much the same way the Magic were relying on Evan Fournier, and he put up his numbers, but very clearly Brooklyn was targeting him defensively. James Harden and Kevin Durant both went at him whenever he was matched up on them, uh, and that's just, I guess, kind of how things go for a guy like Evan Fournier. Um, 
Just a tough out uh, for Boston. Obviously, uh, not the season they wanted. Like Orlando, they dealt with a lot of injuries. Not as many as Orlando, but they dealt with a lot of injuries. They had actual COVID issues, um, including late in the season with Evan Fournier having to go through health and safety protocols. Um, just, just really rough for the Celtics. Um, a team that had high hopes. Obviously, they were very, they were so close to making the finals last year. Um, really thought they had their breakthrough when they beat the Raptors. Got to the conference finals again. Really felt like the the pathway was open for them to really begin to establish themselves and you know they, they made some some mistakes they couldn't keep some guys that they wanted to keep um, letting Gordon Hayward go proved to be too much to replace Kemba Walker's injury injury issues throughout the year really held them back that's still a really talented team I think they'll be like Philadelphia was last year a team that bounces back I don't think they need wholesale changes but they got to get some better role players and some better secondary players if they want to compete um, the Lakers got stomped by the Suns not a whole lot to say no Anthony Davis in that game Phoenix is one win away from eliminating the NBA champs. But of course, the game everyone's talking about is Portland and Denver. Another double overtime classic. Remember two years ago, they had, what, a triple overtime classic? Damian Lillard with two game-tying baskets to force overtime. 55 points at a super efficient night. The only guy that was able to score for Portland, and kind of like Boston, my takeaway from that Portland game was get Damian Lillard some help. Um... The guy was the guy was carrying that team on his back and just doing everything possible and, and playing the right way, honestly. Like he was trying to get his teammates involved and they were just unable to do anything. You know, Robert Covington missed two big dunks. And, you know, it, it's the kind of game that I look at and it makes, you know, I, I think Damian Lillard's wired differently. I think he wants to stay in Portland. I don't think he's about trying to chase championships or join up with other people like he's going to do what's best for him and that's what I really respect and I, I I respect a lot of players but Damien I really respect him and I've always respected the Blazers and how they've gone about their business they've been wildly successful even if they've only made one conference finals but this is the kind of game that does change franchises um if Portland goes on to lose this series um in six or seven games this is going to be a game that Dame's going to have to sit back and think what more can I do? What more can I do? And this is the kind of game where Neil O'Shea, the GM of the Blazers, is going to be sitting back and thinking, this cannot happen again. Like, we need to get Dame the help he needs. And, you know, we've talked, uh, everyone's talked forever about the Blazers trading C.J. McCollum. This is the kind of game that makes you think maybe they might do it. Um, because, you know, especially if Dame begins to kind of agitate for change and agitate to say, like, hey, and I don't know if Dame is this way. I think Dame is the kind of person, from, from everything I understand, Dame is the kind of person that would that looks introspectively, that'll come back and try and be a better defensive player, which is absolutely something he needs to do. Um, but the guy is the guy is putting up bonkers offensive numbers. That whole Portland team is, honestly. that, um, that They're putting up bonkers offensive numbers, and it's just not enough. Um, Yusuf Nurkic fouling out. The Blazers not having a backup center with, a, with, a, um, with, with the injuries that they have. Um, with with Zach Collins out, um, Ennis Kanter just could not you you could not play him. Jokic was still eating him up. Um, it's that Portland team. They they they're they're so talented. They're so good, but just Dame has to do too much. Dame has to do so much, and and you know that's that guy's a talent that that needs to be deeper into the playoffs. And again, I'm not saying he should agitate for a trade. I think Portland can still you know kind of align the pieces to make things right and make things uh, make the turn things around there, but. Portland, Portland is giving everything it can. It can. D- Damien is giving everything it can, and it's not enough. Um, at least right now. Well, we'll see what happens in Game Six. Game Six is going to be a really exciting game. Portland, Denver has always delivered. They've had what uh, two playoff series, 
two, three playoff series in the last few years, last four years or something, and they've all been extremely good. So this has been this has been no different. Um, and, and obviously, I think that was the game of the night watching Damian Lillard go off the way that he did. That's going to do it for me today. Don't forget to check out the Locked On Today podcast. LeBron James, not enough for the Los Angeles Lakers. Are they done? We didn't talk much about that game, but you can hear more on the Locked On Today podcast. So get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Don't forget as well, I'll be doing a Locker Room Wednesday at 5 p.m. I'll send out a, a, a tweet reminder, a social media reminder, but... Wednesday at 5 p.m. I'll be on Locker Room, so be sure to download the Locker Room app today. Follow me at P. Rossman Reich, and I'll see you on there to chat some Magic basketball. We'll talk a little bit about what, where the Magic are going next uh, on that, and maybe some lessons from the playoffs as well. But that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore MD. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter again at R underscore Dean for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including our player evaluation series. Check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic for Orlando Magic Daily. Lockdown Magic is Phil Cross tonight. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Lockdown Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.